0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. No, 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 no. Straight up 2 o'clock
1: on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station, we are live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only. John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Birdsey, what's going on? Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. That's happy, right. Happy uh, Friday. It'll be April 1st, April Fool's Ooh, Day. Oh, Yeah. Um, just on a real quick personal note, my one of my favorite days of the year, one of my least favorite days of the year. One of my favorite days of the year, because my wife and I got married on April 1st, back in 1995. So today is our 27th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. Appreciate that. She actually... Happy anniversary. ...recovering from her minor surgery. She might actually be in the car listening right now. So just in case, happy anniversary to the decision maker. 27, 27, years. Years. Twenty-seven years. Wow! It's also one of my least favorite days because you have to navigate through all of the BS. The BS. Oh my God! It's I don't even So annoying. It anyway. Isn't it annoying, I'm LeBron not James? Anyway. Hey, I'm out for the season. I'm <laughs> done for the year. don't yeah, yeah, sure, worry, guys. In. We have nothing planned today. No. Please, I, I, I tell me you're. Tell me you're not kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I just wanted to mess with you guys. We don't have anything. Plan. We don't have anything I'm just, planned I'm today. Just messing with you guys. Because I, I okay. Hey, no breaking news Sounders when there's not actually breaking news. I got no, stuff to do, man. I'm busy. No, yeah, seriously. We're all working professionals. We're all grown up. We're all adults. Yeah, we're not going to sit here and say this I'm, is our last show. Honestly, I literally just uh, said
2: that to plant the seed because yeah. I knew that it would. Me- we're not going to do anything. I'm not planning on doing anything. Everything is going to go normally today. I just had to say it once to kind of get it out I've there. Officially
1: retired. Yeah, we're, not we're doing it. No, we're not like doing it. We used to play stuff like that, right? Didn't we play a... Didn't we do that, like, three years ago? Four years ago? I have always liked to just... Although, but I don't want to get up in the morning. I thought it'd be funny to just, like, switch with the morning crew. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up! Six, six and April oh,
0: Fools! <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah. yeah,
1: that's pretty much summed up how I m. felt about it too. All right, so We're we like, promise dude, what a Burns and Gambo doing on We just got moved to the morning show. It's yep. uh, uh, Burns and Gambo in the mornings I now. No, I, I remember. New guy thought we'd be better in the mornings <laughs> than the afternoons, so we switched us a few years ago. We played some sort of prank, and it's just it's just dumb. It's so dumb. So I, I mean, Eric, I know Gambo's usually the one to throw out threats like this. If you, <laughs> seriously, if we have any kind of April Fool's Day pranks playing for the show you're today, fired. you're fired. I mean, you're done. Nothing. You're literally nothing. You're out. We're not doing it. We're not I didn't doing realize it. It would get
0: this much it's
1: just, paranoia. It's just it. stupid. It's because now you got to look at everything and go, okay, is that an April Fool's joke or is it serious? Is LeBron really out for the rest of the season or is he joking? Is
2: I saw somebody say they're going to use aluminum bats in spring oh, training. It's so mm.
1: dumb. It's so dumb. All right. We promised none of those shit. <laughs> it's way in on our top what story. Happens if so, what, if, what happens what? if somebody like if some woman goes up to her husband and, and, and like, says she wants a divorce and she means it? Be serious, sir, yeah. No, I'm serious. I'm no, really, packing to... and leaving right now. Yeah, I know. Happy Fool's Day to you too. Yeah, no, really I'm, I'm really, I'm leaving like... you. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sure it's I'm sure the history of humankind has been done before.
0: Here's our top story of the day. Burns and Gambo, the way it. Brought to you by Vitalize weight loss. Bring on the Memphis Grizzlies! Bring them tonight. on! Let's go.
1: Though it's not. Let's go. It's not going to be the Memphis Grizzlies team that the Suns could potentially face in the Western Conference Finals because John Morant's not going to play, and Desmond Bain is doubtful, and Stephen Adams is doubtful, and Tyus Jones is doubtful. I mean, there's like I'm not sure who's playing tonight for Memphis. The I Suns. Yesterday, Mike Bibby, Michael Dickerson. <laughs> this is Zach Randolph. Zach Randolph. Uh, the Suns meanwhile could get everybody back tonight as Cam Johnson is listed as probable for the game. JaVale McGee is listed as probable. So the Suns, for the first time in a long time, might have their full roster back tonight, which is good timing for them. For Memphis, they might not have anybody of their main guys tonight. We'll just have to see. Try to check on that uh, try to check on that cam Johnson we expect that he's going to play but they haven't been haven't they haven't made it official yet right no they have not no. okay so no. we'll try to check on that see if we can get that but listen I I don't know you could take too much into this game I mean this is I mean it could it be a preview of the Western Conference Finals absolutely I mean this could be a preview of the Western Conference Finals these are two teams that a lot of people like but it's not going to be the same Memphis team that plays in the playoff with no John Morant and all the guys that you just mentioned that are going to be out but they do have some really good you know so some really really good players. One of the guys that's really been surprising for them, believe it or not, is the former son, De'Anthony Melton. I was looking at some things with De'Anthony Melton today, and boy, he has really changed. He has made four or more three-point three pointers and shot better from fifty percent from three point range in six straight games. He's one of the NBA's hottest shooters, the Anthony Melton, the former son. He's made thirty of his last fifty one three pointers. So he's been playing really well. And as you said, right, he was just kind of a throw in, in that in that trade to just to just get Josh Jackson out of here. Yeah, it was it was a trade. And look at it, it had to happen at the time it was, it's it's so funny to think some of the things that James Jones was ripped for back when he first took over in the decision-making role of the Phoenix Suns, and, and one of them was that trade. One of them was the Josh Jackson yes. trade because it's like, oh, man, you just sunk costs. You're not getting any value back at all. What are you, You're you so desperate to get off of him and get off that contract, What you're yeah. just going to give up on a good young player like the Anthony Melton? They got Kyle Korver and Javon Carter. For the De Anthony, the Melton, Josh Jackson, and they got a, a twenty twenty second round pick and a conditional second round pick the next year. Yeah, and, and in retrospect, of course, nobody laughs at that deal now. You understand a culture shift had to happen, a change had to, and it, and it did. And the Melton was the price of doing business when it but comes. If to I would something have said like that. to you, "Who's the best player in this trade?" Nobody would have said the Anthony Melton. No. If I would have said, "Who is the app? Who is the best player in this trade?" Josh Jackson is supposed to be the best player in his trade. Anthony Melton was the best player in that trade. He's signed like a four-year, $32 million deal with Memphis. They love him. And uh, so he's a key for them. He's an absolute key. But back then, you wouldn't have thought that Anthony Melton would have been the best player in the in the deal. Yeah, now there's another player, and I don't know if we're going to see him tonight. And every time I see his name, I think about the Phoenix Suns, and I'm talking about Desmond Bain. Oh, they loved him and, in the draft. And that's why I think about him. Every mm-hmm. time I look at Desmond Bain, I think, oh, they did really like him, didn't they? Now, yeah. he ended up following the 30th. In the 2020 NBA drafts, uh, mainly because many people around the league just kind of looked at him as nothing more than a spot-up three-point shooter. He's been a lot more than that. He's their backup point guard. He's a tough player. He's a defensive-minded player. And every time I see a highlight where Desmond Bain is doing something, I think to myself... There's a guy I know, not just because again I, I know for a fact the Suns were interested in him yes. and he's thrived. He's done very well in Memphis. Well, I remember there, uh, during the draft a lot of people thought that you know can they, a lot of people were asking me can they get back into the draft for Desmond Bain can they can they make a trade can they can they give up something down the road and get back and get him because he had fallen so far in the draft but he has been a really good player. He's thrived and he really played his best basketball when John Morant was out when John was out. Um, you know, starting with a game on March 15th against. Indiana, he had five or more assists in the next five games that John Moran didn't play. That's when he assumed the backup point guard role. So for March 20 to 26, he had four consecutive games of five or more assists for the first time in his career. And so he's played really well. So he's been a guy that, you know, not, has become a lot more than, in some ways, like a Cam Johnson, I think, in some ways. Cam came into the league and, oh, he's just a shooter, he's just a shooter, and he's a lot more. I think Desmond Bain came into the league and everybody thought oh, he was just a shooter, but he's actually a lot more than that. So in some ways, there's some similarities there. Yeah, but for, between him and Cam Johnson. And then I mentioned another player, doubtful, for tonight. And, and look, understand, we're having this whole conversation, and it's really not about tonight. Okay, I know they're playing tonight, and it's easy to talk about Memphis because they're playing tonight. No, you can break it, the franchise it, record tonight. It, that's it, what it, the game's it, about. And, and that's what tonight's game is about. One more win and you break the franchise record. I'm talking more about Memphis in the future. I'm talking more about Memphis like hey, this is a matchup of the 1 seed and the 2 seed in the Western Conference. They're going to be on opposite sides of the bracket of each other and this could be the matchup in the Western Conference Finals depending on how things shake out. In fact, I I'm going to ask you a question about that in a second. So understand Tyce Jones I don't know if he's going to play tonight. He's doubtful like everybody else on the Memphis roster is for tonight's game. He also has been a guy who's really established himself very well this year. Well, and I think he's priced himself out, too. I mean, because, you know, he's going to get a lot of money. He's one of the best backup point guards that will be available on the market. It's not a very good market for backup point guards, you know. So, um, you know, Ricky Rubio is going to be 32 coming off a torn ACL with his John Wall and Russell Westbrook who have massive player options. And so he'll be one of the best point guards available. In in, in the games he started, he's averaging 12.5 points, 6.8 assists, shooting 45% in 30 minutes. Got a great offensive rating. His offensive rating is actually higher than Chris Paul, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic. Uh, So he's done really, really well. But they're talking about him maybe making around $14 million a year. The Grizzlies, even when we talked about how much their owner makes, they're not going to want to pay their backup point guard $14 million a year. So he could be pricing himself out of Memphis. I don't know, they were a lot. A lot of stories yesterday about how much money Memphis is willing to spend to not only keep this thing together, but to add significant pieces, that their owner is ready to strike, he's ready to spend, he's ready to go into the tax, he's ready. In some ways, people look at them as like the Suns, but kind of like a year behind the Suns in terms of how much they're going to have to pay their guys. I don't know if they would pay a backup point guard that much money or not. But, um, all right, quick question. With the Suns and the Grizzlies tonight. Okay. Do you think this is a Western Conference Finals preview, or will it be somebody else? I'm going to go Suns-Golden State, and I like Memphis. I think they're extremely talented, but they're not as great in a half court, and when the playoffs come, that's it's going to become a lot more half court. I like Golden State. Now, you got, so you've got Golden State elevating to the three. I mean, because if Golden State's at the four, then the Suns would play them in the second round, right. So Golden State would have to pass Dallas. Yes, correct. Are they a game behind them? Oh, they were tied last time. Was looked, it tied? I'm have to look again. Give me a minute. Because I, I mean, if I like, like, I mean, listen, if 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 Golden State's the four seed, yeah, this is the Western Conference Finals preview, probably. If this is if that's what it is, right now today, Golden State and Dallas are in a virtual tie for number three and number four. Dallas has the tiebreaker, so right Ooh. now Dallas is the three, Golden State is the four. Dallas has the tie. What a good job Jason Kidd has done over He's there? He's really done a nice job. Uh, if that yeah. holds, the Suns would play Golden State potentially in the God, second. What round a difference, of the playoffs. right? I mean, you'd so rather have Dallas in the second round than, than Golden State in the second round. I uh, Memphis is better than Dallas, so I'll tell. So, yeah, I mean, if, it's, if everything stands the way it is, this is probably the Western Conference Finals preview. Okay. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show four years ago, it's funny, we were just talking about the Suns and the Grizzlies and the Mavericks four years ago, the Suns ended the season with just 19 wins. That was just four years ago. They finished in the standings behind Memphis and behind Dallas. My, how time flies over the last four years. Look at who's the top of
0: the Western Conference. That's next. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports listen App. Listen live on the Arizona Sports App. Home court advantage. It's a privilege granted to the number one seed in the NBA playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are that number one overall seed this season. Where does the road to the NBA Finals in the Western Conference have to go through? Phoenix. Suns Run to the Playoffs, presented by Campus Annuity. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show,
1: 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Suns Grizzlies tonight, 5 o'clock, you'll hear it on ESPN 620. I assure you, we'll be giving you constant updates on a game in which we already know John Morant's not going to play. Several of the top players for the Grizzlies are listed as doubtful for tonight's game as well. They've locked up the number two seed, I believe. So for them, they're, they're taking the cautious approach and making sure their guys get healthy. Whereas from the Suns' perspective, they've got guys that are coming back potentially Tonight, uh, Cam Johnson is probable for tonight. Uh, JaVel McGee is probable for tonight. We'll uh, Hopefully Gambo will get an update on whether those guys are going to play this evening. We'll see. We'll find out. I would imagine they would. Suns want to maximize their opportunities to kind of get these guys some reps going into the postseason. Cam Johnson has missed a lot of time. He hasn't played in a whole month. I think March
0: 4th was yeah, when he went And that's out, all so. it's
1: about now, right? You want to win this game. You want to get the franchise record. Uh, you want to get these guys you know, incorporate it back into the system. And I think, you know, we'll see down the stretch how mining. To be. They said they had a plan, right? They never told us what the plan was. I, I, the information I got was art over science. It'll be up to the players. and But we still don't know what that is. Do the players want to play? Do they not want to play? We'll see. But... um I think the most important thing you focus on is getting that franchise record, one, and then yep. two, getting Cam Johnson back up to speed. And one more win, and you're there. 63 would be the franchise record, and this team will obviously break that at some point, be it tonight or some point in the next couple of days or so. It's funny. We, we actually meant to talk about this yesterday, and we just had a busy, fun day, and we kind of lost sight of it all. I'm going to take you back four years ago to the 2017-2018 oh, season. No, I got to do oh, it. Oh, please don't. I, I got to do it. I must do it. Isn't it funny? That the three teams that were at the bottom of the Western Conference standings just four years ago. Dallas Mavericks had the third worst record in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies had the second worst record in the West. The Phoenix Suns had the worst record in the West. Wow. Four years later. Wow. The Suns have the best record in the West. The Grizzlies have the second best record. The Mavericks have the third best record. So the three worst teams in the in the western conference in 2018 when the 2018 season ended now now 4 years later are the top 3 teams in the west yes Wow, I mean, this is this is how David Stern drew it up, right? Is this not how he drew it up to a certain extent? Yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, although you know, it's it's. I mean, parody has always been an NFL buzzword. Like for most, I always thought of the NBA as man. Once you get there, you can stay there for a while. When you when you oh, get yeah. to that oh, level, yeah. when you you're get right. to that level of success, you can really you can kind of hit cruise mm. control and you can be in there's that. Only five players on the court, and if you have a great player, you baseball's got the most parody. You look at the amount of—I mean, you know—you look at the amount of baseball teams that have won the, the World Series since the Diamondbacks. Go look at that. They complain about it all the time. I know. Go count how many baseball teams have won the World Series starting in two thousand and one. You'll be fascinated. And they complain all the time, baseball. I won't be fascinated. I made you a bet yesterday. You took the Dodgers. I took the field. I took the Dodgers in the field. That's why I hold my hands out like that. I took the field. You did. I know how baseball works. It's always somebody different in baseball. Always somebody different in baseball. So what the Suns and the Grizzlies and the Mavs have done. Now, in many ways, it's been dependent on like a franchise-changing player, right? Look at Sacramento, though. Come on, just have some fun. Look at Sacramento. (laughs) So Sacramento had the fourth-worst record four years ago. Stay there. And they just stay and there.
0: And they just stay. And That's the where they f- stay. Fourth worst record <laughs> now. What's no, funny changes is key. Yeah, just, nothing
1: yeah. changes in Sacramento. Consistency is key in Sacktown. Um what's funny is look at the team right above Sacramento. Four years ago, the Lakers had the fifth worst record in the Western Conference. Four years later, the Lakers have the fifth worst record in the Western Conference. In between, they acquired LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and won a championship. But, but the bookends of the last four years have the Lakers as one of the worst, yeah. one of the worst, and in the middle, they won a championship. So you want to hear the crazy thing? Yeah. So those three teams, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, and the Suns, four years ago, combined for 67 wins. They combined for 67 wins. The Suns are going to finish with 67 wins by themselves this year. Very well, good. But let me, let me just see, show you where the difference is. So four years ago, those three teams had 67 wins. Right now, with like 17 games left to play for all three of them, they've got 164. They've got 164 wins. They're probably going to finish with like 175, 176. They're going to have well over 100 wins more combined as the, as the, for the three teams than they did four years ago. I mean what are that's that's remarkable it's an incredible turnaround to see that like I don't know in the history of the NBA that, like anything like that has ever happened in a 5 year span this is four years, but I would even give it a five-year span. that The three worst teams ended up being the three best teams within five years. It's, what's been, it's what I mean, Just around here in Phoenix, and I can't speak to Memphis, and I can't speak to Dallas, it's what's made what's happened around here so extraordinary is that, at least in my mind, this is not how the NBA is supposed to work. The NBA is, man, when you're good, you can stay good for a while. When you're bad, it's hard to not be bad for a while. You're kind of stuck in these ruts, and it's very, very difficult to get out. To think that just four years ago, the three teams that were at the very bottom of the West are now at the very top of the West, to me speaks to a league where the turnaround can happen faster than maybe we used to think. You know, where it used to be, man, you got to go from Twenty wins to twenty-five to thirty. You remember the days around here when we used to be thrilled with thirty wins. When we used to say a thirty-win season would be a good goal for the Phoenix Suns. God, that feels like what well, was four years in a row in the twenty. I know. Wasn't it? Was it I know. It four it, years in a row. It, it, it's suppressing to think that that used to be our goal. That used to be our desire, our want. This kind of shows me. Turnarounds in the NBA can happen a lot faster than maybe we Okay, think. but if I made you a bet right now, or right now, four years from now, in 2026, will either the Trailblazers, Oklahoma City Thunder, or the Houston Rockets be in the top three? Would you take that bet? Because I would say no, they're not. So four years from now. Four years from right now. I've got the Rockets, the Thunder, or the Blazers, yeah, who are currently any, the bottom three teams. Will any of them end up in the top three four years from now? Now, if I would ask asked you four years ago, well, is there any way Dallas, the Grizzlies, or the Suns will end up in the top three? You would have said no. You would have said no. I would have said no. But well, right now, do you think that there's a chance that Portland, Oklahoma City, or Houston can be a top three team in four you years? You know what? I mean, the answer's no. The answer's no. But I'm probably wrong. You know, we don't know who they're going to get next year or yeah. the year after or the year after. But it just <laughs> seems like it's... I mean, looking at it now, it's like there's no way. There's no way you're going to turn that around in four years. because you know, it's terrible. The Rockets draft their Luka. You know the 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 Thunder draft their John Morant. Then who's to say? But the right? Thunder the Thunder have guys now. Like they got Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's good. They got a couple good players. Yeah, no, I was just talking specifically but if they about get like, one, if they get yeah. another one. If they get that because fr- John Morant, franchise changing player. Luca, franchise changing player. Hell. Devin Booker, franchise-changing player. It just took he, him yeah. a half-decade to change the franchise, right? It didn't happen huh. overnight. No, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, I mean, apparently Dallas was, and I guess Memphis was built in a day. But, but Rome here in Phoenix? No, it was built in like five years. It took Devin Booker a while to make that kind of connection and make that happen. I, I mean, I, my easy answer is no. The three worst teams in the West this year won't have a turnaround like that, but I'm probably wrong. Probably one of them will. It's just impossible to foresee something like that. You yeah, know? no, I know it is. You just don't know what they're going to do, but it is. It is remarkable. See, it's not just one team that had that turnaround in four years. It's all three of them. The yeah. three worst teams in the West. I turned it around in four years. That's incredible. If you're headed to the Suns game next Tuesday, stop by and say hi to us. We're broadcasting live as the Suns take on the L.A. Lakers. Our road show will be powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. We look forward to seeing you out there. Mock drafts. Get your mock drafts here. We on the Burns and Gambo Show have a bunch that have come down over the last 24 hours. And in a way, they all kind of tie back into what we were talking about yesterday. Edge rushers. Are they going to be there? That's next. Burns and Gambo.
0: (laughs) The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford.
1: You might be wondering why we're about to ask this question as our poll question. There was a story in the L.A. Times today suggesting this could be something discussed by Major League Baseball, perhaps aggressively. Uh, here's Eric with today's Twitter poll question of the day. What do you have for us today, Eric?
2: Right. No April Fool's jokes over here. Bernsey just a proposition in the LA Times article that said the MLB should expand to 32 teams and realign their division. Now, the D-backs would have their usual foes, of course, from the NL West, but they would be adding a couple different teams, including the Angels, the A's, and the Mariners as a whole. The question is: Are you for or against realignment? And you can check out the entire realignment on the Burns and Gambo Twitter
1: page. I'm against. You're against it? Yeah. I'm looking like at the American League East, like the Yankees and the Mets are in the same division. Then you go the uh, the Dodgers and the Angels are in the same division. I, I mean, I don't like I don't like this. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals in the same division. Yeah, count me out. Count me out. I don't want that. Uh, I'm all for a little good dose of change every now and then. I'd be fine with it. I'd have no problem. All right, with it David at all. Bowie, <laughs> just shake it up a little wow. bit. And uh... you know what? If if anybody in my life ever compares me to David Bowie, I've done well. Thank you. Thank you for calling me, David Bowie. I appreciate that. What's the result of the question? Sixty-four point four percent are for the change.
2: Thirty-five point six percent are against it. Just admit it. You don't like change. What are, you, what are you
1: talking about, Will? It's like, <laughs> I
2: love change. I love money. I love. <laughs> what
1: are you talking about? Just admit it. You don't like change. You're not a big fan of change. Gosh, change. this place is strange. I mean, I think I'm all for change. <laughs>
2: Just... Just not this change. Just not this... I'm all for change. Have you seen Chelsea? I mean, I'm off a change. Wow!
1: Well, that was a while ago. So I went for I changed. <laughs> all right, uh, I could change, and you can change, I, and everybody can change. I was in change. favor of some of the baseball things, right? The runner on second base, and this, some of that stuff. I was in favor of uh, overtime uh, rules in football. I could change. All right. All all right. Right. Just, just making sure, just making sure your mind is open to it. Okay. You know. All right. Uh, okay, that's poll question. You can find it on the Burns and it. We're going to talk more about this uh, okay. realignment story a little bit later. Uh, I don't know the timeline for it when it's going to happen. I don't know. In the meantime. Time. Yesterday, uh, boy, if you missed yesterday's show, we had a really interesting conversation about the drafts and the Arizona Cardinals. Four weeks from today, the second round will be getting ready to begin, Ooh. right? First round will be in the book. So today we'll be discussing the first round pick. Uh, so four weeks yeah. from today, we're talking about the first round pick. I can't believe they got another linebacker. Oh, I just can't believe it. I mean, <laughs> uh, just, no, I mean, just kill me now. Just a if, bold if, trade for talking about an inside linebacker. We're not going to be talking about an inside line. Lineback- four weeks from now. A bold trade. Will we be talking about a bold trade? And, And yesterday, Gambo had suggested to not be surprised at all if the Arizona Cardinals explore moving up in the draft to get one of the premier edge rushers in this draft, of which there are plenty, right? Yes. I think that there's five edge rushers. I don't think any of them will be there at 23 when the Cardinals are picking, but I would not be surprised if they they make some phone calls and they explore the option of trading up in the draft to make sure they get one of the five edge rushers. There was a, a, a nugget from Pro Football Focus yesterday, if you missed our show, that we talked about. The top four edge rushers in this year's class. Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Karlaftis, and Walker all would have been – I'm talking about Trayvon Walker now, the edge rusher out of Georgia – All would have been the top-ranked edge rusher in last year's draft class. That is incredible, isn't it? All all five of them? All four. They they don't have Jermaine Johnson on the list. So four of them would have been the number one edge rusher. Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Karlaftis, and Walker all would have been edge one in the 2021 class. Now, yesterday, the two names that you had suggested were Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State and Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Those two, I believe. The two that maybe would be the target to move up so let's roll into mock draft season because we've got a ton of them in front of us cynthia freeland from nfl.com yes had a mock draft today a name that i believe you like for the Cardinals at number 23? One of the two wide receivers that I think they absolutely love, yes. Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Yeah, tore his ACL in a national championship game, um, but he is an incredible talent of all worders that he's way ahead of schedule in the rehab. You need a number 2 wide receiver, you need one bad, um, you know, especially for the future, and then, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with Hopkins. He's got an incredible contract next year that they're going to have to do. Say, if he plays well, they'll convert it, they'll keep him. If he doesn't, they could get out of it, but it's it's time to go get themselves a, a great wide receiver in the draft. Jamison Williams and Chris Olave are the two guys that I have really focused on the most. Um, Williams, you know, he's, 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 his size is pretty good, 6'1 and a half, about 180 pounds, but he's a really great wide receiver, had a terrific, uh, terrific year. Gambo and I play a game where every time we play a draft mm-hmm. profile, okay. we guess the name of the on-air personality that has voiced it. You have four options. You have our own Mitch Vareldis, our own Eric Ruby. You have Sarah or you have Aaron Maloney are they the only four right guys the only four have voiced it okay who has voiced the Jameson Williams who gets first crack draft at the this profile you do you pick first Sarah okay I'm gonna say Mitch Jameson Williams wide
0: receiver Alabama
2: Williams started off his college career struggling to get playing time at Ohio State, so he made the move to Alabama. That is where he blossomed into one of the country's most productive receivers, notching 15 touchdown receptions and 1,500 receiving yards. That was enough to make him a first-team AP All-American last year. Williams separates from defenders with ease and sports a wide catch radius with his long arms, but he lacks sufficient strength when fighting for catch space. One thing that might hurt hurt his draft stock, he tore his ACL in the college football national championship game in February. A fun fact, when he was in high school, the St. Louis native set a state record in the 300-meter hurdles, breaking the previous record set by Ezekiel Elliott. NFL comp, Dolphins wide receiver Will Fuller.
1: Fantastic if they put yeah. hurdles out there on the field for him to jump over. I, I would have <laughs> faith that he would do very well. well he was an Ohio, Ohio State kid and he, he played at Ohio State and then he ended up transferring uh, to Alabama and put up just incredible numbers, you know, fifteen hundred and seventy-two receiving yards, tied for third with fifteen touchdowns and fifteen starts. He was the first-team Associated Press All-American. I mean, he did a lot of great things. There's no doubt that there's two wide receivers that I think the Cardinals would take in the first round. If one of them are there, one is Chris Olave, the other one is Jameson Williams. He's a rare player. I think they like him a lot. So those are you know those two guys. not whether they're there or not, I can't tell. But I, those two wide receivers, I think they would focus on in the first round. For what it's worth, in Freeland's mock, she has Olave go the pick right before the Cardinals at number 22 to the Green Bay Packers. The other thing about Freeland's mock to pay attention to, you talked about the edge rushers, right? Yeah. The, the the need to move up, the desire maybe to move up. And obviously that would cost you your first-round pick if you're the Cardinals. She has all five of those edge rushers gone by the 14th pick in the draft. She's got Karloftis, <sighs> yeah. 14. Jermaine Johnson, 9. Trayvon Walker, 8. Kayvon Thibodeau, 7. Aiden Hutchinson, number one. All gone by 14. So if there is a move up, that's hard. It it's going to have to be an aggressive move up to make sure you get your guy. And I, I was well, I did not mention the guy from Purdue. I think the two guys that they would move up for would be Trayvon Walker, the, uh, the kid out of Georgia, and then Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I think those two guys, and she's got those guys going back-to-back, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yeah, so that makes it harder, right, to go up from 20. If you're going up from 23 inside of the top 10, you're giving up your first-round pick. This year and your first round pick next year. Expensive. If it gets very, very expensive. Very, yes, very, very expensive. Okay, but that wasn't the only one. There were others. Um, Cardinals three round mock draft. This was from what Ooh, Sports yeah, Illustrated. I like, I like this one. Yeah, you did because I like this, th- this one. one. Well, it had Trayvon Walker falling in the first round to yeah, the twenty third pick, which extremely unlikely. But extremely unlikely. Right. Right. Has him as the first-round pick. Has an edge rusher from USC, Drake Jackson, as the second-round pick. Sky Moore, the wide receiver from Western Michigan, with the third-round pick. This one feels a little uh, like dreaming to me. Trayvon Walker at number twenty-three, wow. and then another edge rusher in the second round, and a yeah. wide receiver in the third round. Sign me up, <laughs> edge rusher, edge rusher, um, wide receiver. Okay, I'm on board with that. The wide receiver is interesting. The sky more from Western Michigan. I mean, is is you start to look at the stats and the numbers and everything, it looks, it looks like a pretty good player. But you know, we know the risk of getting these guys later in the draft when you because how many wide receivers are you going to pass on, you know, to to and then finally get one in the third round. With your pick number eighty-seven, so we'll see about that. But I mean, you can't go wrong if, if Trayvon Walker fell to them at twenty-three. I think they'd be partying, and celebrating in that room. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I find that difficult to believe that he's going to fall that far. It seems like his stock is really jumping up. And by the way, I read a story this morning on ESPN: Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon. Yeah, uh, there is a belief that his stock might be falling going into the draft. Really? I don't know if he'd fall as far to the Cardinals, but yeah, apparently there are. Are some questions? About his work ethic, some questions about his motor, some questions about whether he, you know, on tape, does he really show the way you'd want him to show? Yeah, you got to love it, man. You got to love it to play at this next level. You got to love it. I mean, it's a different. It's, you can't just go in just because you're, you know, you were, you were built a certain way and you've got good size and speed and you have to, app to, to be a great player. You got to love to play the game. Texas, your thoughts on the draft and what the Cardinals could, should do. With the FanDuel text line, it's always open for you at 620. Six twenty. The Arizona Diamondbacks been busy today. Two spring games, an extension for the hometown guy, as Merrill Kelly is here to stay. We'll get you caught up on all things Diamondbacks next on the Burns & Gambo Show.
0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Burns & Gambo.
1: We were talking in the last segment here on Burns and Gambo live from the auction community studios about what we know we're going to be talking about four weeks from right now. We're going to be talking about what the Cardinals did in the first round of the draft. and We're going to be previewing what they're going to do in the second round of the draft. We also know to a certain extent what we're going to be talking about a week from today. Week from today, we're probably going to be talking about opening night, opening day for the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is one week from yesterday, next Thursday. Uh, I'm ready. We'll be there. We will be be there. there. I believe we're going to be broadcasting live on the field, right? I bought my opening day tickets, so my, my family will all be there, so I'm excited. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're not expecting a lot from the season, you know. But opening, no, but opening day, day is special. Is like different. it's a special, special day, and uh, they have this great promo running too. Because so I'm not, and this isn't a plug for them because I bought my tickets, and then you buy your tickets, and then you get like another game d- down the road for free. Like so, you get like equal or better t- tickets for another game. It's like that's pretty good, not a bad deal. So I bought tickets and then I get another game for free down the road. Opening opening day is always different, no matter what, yes, no matter absolutely. how low your expectations are for a team, no matter how down in the dumps you are about your beliefs for them to contend. There is something special about opening day. Uh, Merrill Kelly today, and I and I, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Somebody was trying to make the argument that you could make the argument that it's the best free agent acquisition Mike Hazen has ever made. Merrill Kelly today, uh, they signed him to a two-year contract extension. He's signed through 2024 with a club option through 2025. Total guaranteed money in the deal, $18 million. Good to him. A, a really good for him. Good he's over him. in Korea. He's pitching there. He's a local guy. He comes back here. And I tell you, they haven't been very good when he's been here. He has been... Really, pretty decent. At times, their best starter. In in some ways. At times, their best starter. I mean, their most reliable guy, their best guy. I mean, I think he's been really good for them. He's 33 years old. They made twenty-seven starts last year at an ERA of you know four point four four. But that team was terrible. I mean, that team was really, really bad. I think he's a solid three, four in the rotation, right? You know, he's not your one-two. That's Bum and Gallen. But man, you give him the ball. What I like about him, you give him the ball, and he's gonna give he's a, he's a bulldog. He's gonna give you those six innings every single game, just about. He's gonna take that ball. He doesn't like to come out of the games. He's just he works quickly. He's just he's just a bulldog. He's got that mentality. I've been a fan of his ever since he got here. I'm glad that he's sticking around for a couple more years. Yeah, he was seven and eleven last year. But beyond the win-loss record, because again, that wasn't a very good team he was on. Uh, his ERA about four and a half, not bad. Twenty-seven games, so he's relatively durable and dependable. One hundred and fifty-eight innings pitched, right? So he's he's you know he was at, in two thousand nineteen. He was nearly a two hundred inning guy. He had one hundred and eighty-three innings pitched. You know his his independent numbers, his other analytic numbers are good. They're not great. Okay, there's nothing great about Merrill Kelly. No, but you know what's great about him? I'll tell you the one thing that's great about him. You go go look at the 27 starts last year. Go look at the amount of times he pitched five innings or more. There's only three times in the entire season, and one was the first game he pitched. He went four innings, and that was probably by design. He only gave up three runs, but that was probably by design not to have him throw a lot of innings. Threw four innings in one game. And that was uh that was, like I said, that was in in April. Then the next time he had a bad outing was in June, he went three innings. and then only one other time. And that was in September against the Dodgers. He went four and two-thirds. He was one inning away from going five. 27 starts. Three times he went less than five innings. He is that bulldog guy. You don't have to worry about burning out your bullpen because he gets blown out in the first, second, or third inning. He's going to get you five innings, six innings, seven the times. He went eight. Yeah. And that's what you... you know, managers love that. When you have a guy that you you know that guy's not going to make you go to six relief pitches because he's out of the game in a second inning. He's almost almost always going to give you a you know quality six innings in the game, and it certainly does continue a trend for the Diamondbacks. And I don't know if two guys make a trend, but interesting that going into the season, the priority to re-sign a couple of their own. You know, Ketel Marte gets the contract extension a few days ago. Merrill Kelly, again, not big money for Merrill Kelly, but kind of identifying those are two guys we want to make sure we don't lose. You know and him, two him two you guys guys like. Him. Make sure we don't go anywhere. Yeah, you know yeah. him, you like him. You know what he's going to give you. Um, he's, he's been really you know good. When he was here, real good. You know, you look at the ERA and ah, say four and a half. Uh, you know, that's not that good. I mean, it's 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 not a great ERA. It's okay. You know, I mean, it's it's. You know, when you go in it for your third or fourth starter, it's most of the times that's what you're going to get. <laughs> right. You know, and we don't have a lot of days where, you know, ERAs are in the ones or the low twos anymore, except for those rare pitchers that are, you know, that are star- the stars of the game. It's a big trade today in Major League Baseball, too. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. A.J. Pollock one. going yeah. to the White Sox from the Dodgers for Craig Kimbrell. Now the Dodgers have, uh, I mean, a boy uh, with Kimbrell on board, uh, Blake Trinan, Daniel Hudson, I, I mean, I mean, the Dodgers yeah. are we made a bet yesterday. If you, I, got the, I got the Dodgers. <laughs> you got the Dodgers. I got the field. <laughs> and I, look, I'll almost always take the field, but uh, I, I can understand why somebody. And this was before we knew about this trade. That was kind of like the one thing the Dodgers were missing was like a clear cut. This guy is their closer. Craig Kimbrell is a clear cut. Uh, this guy is their closer kind you know, of guy. It's funny. I was helping my kid with his uh, his MLB draft. The other day, Mm -hmm. and we were going through closes, and we're starting to look. I said, look, why don't you get Kimbrell? Okay, I know he's not like, because they, you do this thing where they kind of rate guys. He was a little bit further rated down. I'm like, I'm telling you, get Kimber. Like, I think he's going to have a good bounce back year and he ends up on the Dodgers. He's going to replace Kenley Jansen. He's, he's 33 years old, but for the last decade, he's got, he's got 372 saves and a 2.180 ERA. So he's been really, really good. Money's about the same, right? Pollock was due to earn $10 million this year, $10 million player option next year with a $5 million buyout, and Kimbrell's due $16 million this year. So the money's basically a Swap, but they move AJ Pollock out of there. And listen, I to beat up from a personal stamp, but I always hated that AJ went to the Dodgers, so it'll be nice not having him now. <laughs> it does open up playing time in the outfield for Chris Taylor for the LA Dodgers, which then opens up playing time for Gavin Lux to get reps every day at second base. The, the, the kind of the line I read this morning on social media when this trade came down was the Dodgers just had too many mouths to feed offensively, and, and they're just kind of something they had to give a little bit in AJ Pollock was what had to give, and and so he goes to Chicago now, and he's no longer in the division, which means he has no longer the opportunity to make some comments about the Arizona Diamondbacks like he did, what was that, a year ago, two years ago, yes. when he kind of... You know, you know who's was on about that how, team, and I didn't even know it? The Dodgers? Yeah. Who's that? Jake Lamb. Oh, yeah, yeah. That happened um, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Where was I? Was I, I, I believe ancient? you might have actually been... Taking a day off. Oh, okay. When that day came down. Jake Lamb with the Dodgers? Yeah, and it was a major league deal, too, not a minor league deal. I think you were gone. Wow. I think you were gone. We didn't talk about it on the show, but I think we would have if you were here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Still to this day, my daughter's favorite baseball player is Jake Lamb. He's so cute. That's what she says oh, all the that's time. Oh, I thought that's what you said. No, 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 I was quoting her. He's so cute. <laughs> you can actually cut that up. <laughs> that's just what I was about to you say. You can totally, man. The next time Jake Le- the, the Diamondbacks play the Dodgers and Jake Lamb plays, you can totally have Burns say that. so cute. He's so cute. Just like she also thinks <laughs> Cam Johnson is so cute. Oh, my God. She talks about that every single time she comes over to the house and the Suns game is on. Where's Cam? Where's Cam Johnson? Where's my guy? She must have stopped
2: watching Suns games.
1: (laughs) Who gets the the nod? Jake Lamb or Cam Johnson? It's a good question. Mm. I'll text her and ask. Who, who is it? it she, <laughs> That's uh, your poll question. question. News sounder. <laughs> <laughs> did I, did I tell you about what the Diamondbacks. I'm very grateful that they did this for me. They didn't have to. This was very nice. The last time I mentioned on the air how big of a crush my daughter had on Jake Lamb. Yeah, they invited us down to the park so that she could get Jake Lamb's autograph, like on the field before a game. Yeah. So we've got this picture of Jake Lamb signing an autograph for my daughter, and the look on her face is. Oh, my God, he's so hot. And it's so <laughs> funny. We like we put that picture up all the time. We're, we're, we let we make fun of her. She's just got this look on her face like, can you believe Jake Lamb is signing that baseball for me? She still has it somewhere. I don't know, guys. Who, who do you think has got a bigger crush on Jake Lamb? The uh, the, the Sam, the daughter, or, or Bernsey? <laughs> it's totally Bernsey. He's just using his daughter as a cover. Right 100%. There. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but my daughter, I'm using my daughter to express uh-huh. my crush on Jake Lamb. Uh, tw- on his 27th oh, anniversary? or or my 21-year-old daughter thinks Jake Lamb and Cam Johnson are really, really cute. It's one of the two. I'll let America decide. When we come back, the Suns team is special. We all know that. Turns out there's one national website that really thinks the Suns are special, like First-team All-NBA, third-team All-NBA, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year special. We'll run through a very encouraging story about some individual awards next on the Burns and Gambo Show. He's so cute.